This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inc. And I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Josh Hosselboss who is a fitness expert and a LinkedIn stalker. More about that in just a moment. But before we get started, I want you to go check out Sales Gravy University. Sales Gravy University is the most powerful sales training engine on earth. And if you're an individual, it's a great place to learn how to sell more. And if you're a team, it's a great place for your entire sales team to up their sales skills. Now, if you've never taken a course on SalesGrave University, you can take one right now with the code free course. That is free course for first time users. Go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. Josh, welcome to the SalesGrave podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for flying all the way down to from Toronto, the great yeah. white north, to hang yeah. out with us in the SalesGrave studio. And you are a LinkedIn stalker. So let's talk a little bit about the fact that you stalked me on LinkedIn and ended up in the studio. How'd that go? Yeah, it was. Well, the one thing I, so I, I follow you, I've been following you for a while. So it's like the stalker part is like, I'm a huge admirer of your work, your books, everything like that. And so when you made a post about you know, nutrition and exercise, just a health post in general, it got me really excited because I really feel like this is a space that's so important to be focusing on when we're talking about the sales. And so for yourself, leading by example, you know, your story, which I'm sure we'll get into in this podcast, it really inspired me. So when I saw that post, I'm like, I love the points. I just want to add a little bit more that I might hopefully add some value to it. Perfect. And we did, we had a chance to talk. We got to know each other and we brought you down to create and develop content for Salesgrave University around the, the, this, this concept of wellness and, and, and taking care of yourself. We're going to talk a little bit more about the content you created and how you set it up, because I think it's brilliant. But um, let's, let's start off with something that is like crazy important and something that we all struggle with from time to time. And that is the concept of sleep. Now we've, yeah. we've talked about this on this podcast several times. I don't think we can talk about it enough yeah. because yeah. as I understand it, like not getting sleep is akin to like smoking a carton of cigarettes. Like it's, it's that detrimental to your health. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, it, the one thing when we're talking about sleep, and this is something I really emphasize, and again, we'll get to the course in a minute there, but if we're talking about superpowers or sales, it's our mind. That is our super strength is to be able to work through any difficult objection or anything within the sales process. Our kryptonite is that lack of sleep. So if I want to affect a person's sales process in the sense of how effective they are as a sales individual, just reduce their sleep. Because when we're sleeping and when we're getting enough sleep, that helps so much with your cognitive ability to be able to work through any problems that you're going to be having and overcoming. Like we are the chess masters in the business industry as sales professionals. Now, I sometimes struggle getting enough sleep. And my, my biggest issue is, for example, when I'm on the road working with a client, I'm trying to fit things in at the end of the day. I really don't like going to sleep. I want to, I want to extend my day as far as I can. And then I end up going to sleep or like midnight and I get up at five. So I get like five hours of sleep, which isn't so bad on the first day. Yeah. But when I st- string three or four days in a row of getting, you know, five hours, sometimes four hours and not always the best sleep because I'm in a hotel room, it really starts to add up. And I, I, when I get off this trip or I get back from it, from, from being away, I'm exhausted. Like I'm absolutely worn slap out. Yeah. 
what's the what's the process for for most people because we're all going to go in those situations where yeah. we we have days like that to get caught up like when we yeah. if you get behind what should you do yeah absolutely like when we're looking at uh burnout that's really okay we have a stressor and we don't recover enough okay now we've got a stressor we don't recover enough and i'm bringing my hand down because that's going to lead out into burnout sensation where the body's like saying, Hey, you've withdrawn enough. You're in debt. Now you're paying that bill and I'm going to force you to go to sleep. And so that's what typically happens with the burnout. And when we're talking about, are you talking about like the average efficiency, how to be more efficient? Is that the question? Really? How do you recover? Like if you yeah. don't, if you have days in a row that you string together, like I, you know, for me, it's like, I'll just like not set my alarm clock on Saturday morning. Yeah. And the problem is I end up burning half a day. Cause I'll yeah. go, I'll end up sleeping 12, 13, sometimes 14 hours, yeah. especially I've been traveling overseas. And then some people, you can't do that. Like if you're, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, you're a parent and you got young kids, you're going to have a really hard time getting 12 hours oh, of sleep yeah. on a weekend. So, but once you get behind on sleep, it's yeah. really hard to catch back up again. So I'm just yeah. curious, like, what are some of the things that you teach in your practice about if you get behind on sleep and you find yourself dragging and exhausted? And I know exactly how it feels. Like yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm irritated. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel uh, down on myself. I yeah. don't feel good. I'm, you know, I'm, I know I'm not myself. I don't think as well. I don't drive as well. Like everything yeah. starts to fall apart if I'm going to sleep. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, you know, I know I need to catch up, but I don't know yeah. exactly how to do that. What are, what are some ways that you, that, that you suggest that we fix a problem yep. of not getting enough sleep? Yeah, that's fair. What I would be booking is I would be booking a schedule with yourself, that additional hour, if not two hours in the morning time, AKA sleeping in. So it's going to be okay to sleep in. If you can do that, the reason I'm saying that is the time you lose in that sleep in time, you are going to be gaining back an efficiency within your day. Because as you know, when you're pushing yourself, you are just not as efficient during the day. So if you can get that hour or hour or two hours, that's perfect. That's what I want you to be aiming for. If you don't get that, okay, cool. What, how do we tackle that day? How do we tackle a day where we have to push through through sleep deprivation? The first portion of it is just to understand, hey, I'm tired. So, okay, I'm going to be a bit more lenient with myself. What can I remove from my schedule that is not essential? It's not going to be pushing that business forward and pushing my next deals forward. That's what the first thing I would cross off on my list because I understand that, hey, I've only got so much brain power today to utilize. So let's focus on those primary things. The next thing is uh, push your coffee if you can an hour after you wake up. The reason being is it allows the body to actually regulate itself and you won't have as much of a crash. Because what I find with a lot of sales professionals that I work with is they get this crash between one and three. And if you're exhausted, that crash is going to be pretty heavy. So by you pushing that coffee away for an hour, that crash won't be as aggressive. When you're waking up, if you're going to be having breakfast, I always say complex carbs. So complex carbs, the reason being is so you don't have this energy spike. It allows you to have that energy gradually throughout the day. In that middle of the day, again, if you can do this, if you're on the road, if you have the car, take a 28-minute nap. Don't go past the 30 minutes because then you get yourself into trouble. As soon as you pass that 30 minutes or longer, you might fall into REM sleep. That's going to affect your sleep for the rest of the, well, the next night. We don't want to be having that because we don't want this to continue. Um, and then afterwards is like, make sure you cut off your coffee at least eight hours before you go to bed. Cause we don't want to affect the efficiency of sleep. Cause that's what coffee really does is affects it over efficiency. So that's usually how I'm going to say tackle the day. And the last thing is do your very best to be able to go to bed on time. If you can during that day, cause we got to catch up on the sleep We're sleep deprived. That's just how I would be recommending to get through that sleep deprived day. And that's one of the, the, the hard things for me is the whole, when I know I'm sleep deprived, 
is not pushing it and staying up a little bit later is just go to bed at eight o'clock and, and catch up. And I don't do always do a very good job of that, but I am, I am hyper aware of the negative impact on my performance when I'm not getting enough sleep. It Mm -hmm. is, uh, it, it, it's uh, absolutely amazing. Like how much better I am when I've gotten sleep. Like today I feel like a million bucks. I got, I slept so good last night, but there are just days when you're dragging, 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 and it begins to catch up with you. But I think that for, for salespeople, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but when you get enough sleep, like if you're, let's say you've got a big presentation the next day, or you're working on a proposal, mm-hmm. or you've got, even if you're going in and you're, maybe you're, you're presenting to the executives in your own company, mm-hmm. when you get enough sleep, what happens in your brain is that all of the synapses, they begin to link together mm-hmm. and you, you begin to, uh, to like become the information that you're going to deliver. So for, for example, with me, if I work really, really hard on a keynote speech, I wake up the next morning feeling unsure. But as soon as I get on stage, everything that I worked on, if I got good sleep the night before, it comes out. And that happened to me this week where it was one of those things where I made myself go to sleep. I went to bed at nine o'clock. I got about 10 hours of sleep, which was really nice. And because my keynote was not until the afternoon. and. Uh, I was like, I was kind of unsure. And then as soon as I walked into the room, I'm like, I got this. Like I totally have this. Yeah. So super important. But, but if you don't get enough sleep, it will kill you. And I'd love to kind of add to that point. Yeah. I love where you're going with this. It's, it's amazing. Um, so building this course for sales gravy, it's something that has been an amazing challenge for me. I'm loving the opportunity. And there is a lot of times where I'm like, oh man, I could rehearse a little bit more or I could be getting that sleep. And I'm so glad I chose a sleep option when it was getting to that nine o'clock when I go to bed, because I'm like, I was able to present. And when you're at the end of the day, it's like, oh, we just have this few more things that we need to be getting through. I have the energy to do that. And I'm able to provide that value to those individuals. That's super important. When we're talking about sleep and the biggest recommendation, the one recommendation I always give to sales professionals, if you can control this, do your best, do your very best to have consistency in your bedtime and consistency in the length. Um, the reason being is they've done a lot of studies and it's shown that there's been a huge decrease in the symptoms of depression for the individuals who have done that versus those who have not. Um, so if you're consistent with that bedtime, the beautiful thing is the body likes that homeostasis or that, that rhythm that we get into. Just like when we're eating, let's say I have a big breakfast at 6 a.m. I'm going to start getting hungry at that time because the body's getting regulated to that time when I uh, eat. Same thing when we go to sleep. So I go to bed around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I start getting tired at nine o'clock. Now, if that was inconsistent, it's hard for that body to build that rhythm. So that's one of the biggest recommendations I give for sales pros. Very good. The, when we think about selling as a profession, it's hard and it's, it's mentally demanding. What I mean by that is we have to think on our feet. We've got to deal with objections. We got to deal with rejection. We've got to deal with ups and downs in our mood. Uh, a lot of salespeople, we are emotional human beings I and mean, we were built that way. So we've got, we've got to regulate our own emotions in the process. And it's, it's demanding, especially if you're a field salesperson, because you are getting in your car, you're getting out of your car, you're walking into buildings, you're walking out of buildings, you're managing your calendar during the day, you're managing all the things that are happening at home. You have all of the BS crap that your company throws on you and the, and the no sales department is pushing back on your deals. You have all of those things happening to you and salespeople 
have a tendency, not all salespeople, but we have a tendency because we're either sitting at a desk all day long on the phone or we are out talking with people, walking, you know, going around in our world, in our cars of eating some really awful things. <laughs> yeah. And I know I've been there. Like I, I, I'm, I know that I've been, uh, you know, I'm down about 25 pounds from where I was before, but that was hundred percent when we opened up from the pandemic. I'm like, all of a sudden there's like restaurants and places I can go to and I'm shoving everything I can in my mouth. And it made me, I mean, I got to the point where I just felt terrible. Like I felt like I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, like a, I don't know, a shadow of myself because of, of the way I was eating. Let's talk real quickly about nutrition mm. and eating as a salesperson. So, uh, on my little cheat sheet here, I've got, you know, eating without thinking, but this, this concept of thinking about what you're going to eat. Yeah. Walk me through this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I find, and then your leading example of this as well is having a plan in place and then also having a plan in place when there's going to be those distractions of, let's say those sweet treats that are, are in place. So let's say you go to the airport as you do is like, well, instead of me buying that quick quick chips. I'm like, I've already pre-visualized. I have my apples in my bag. Like I actually pre-packed it. So I have that visual plan, which gives us a lot more power than if it's, Oh, what am I feeling for? And we're going to start listening to you because we're tired. And we're going to start listening to that little voice saying, Hey, those chips are looking fantastic. So that's something that's really important to have that uh, understanding of, Hey, what I'm going for. Yeah. Now, and if you, if you are sleep deprived, you will pick up the chips. You will. When you're sleep deprived. Your body craves that fat and the sugar and, yeah. uh, and, and those that, that type of energy that yeah. com we call about comfort food, right? It craves that comfort food. So when you're tired, you are more likely to pick up something that is awful for you. And that is, and is not going to make the situation any better than when you've had enough sleep. Yeah. Th those two things go together when it comes to health. Yeah, it, it is. And that's why I, I harp on sleep so much just because it's, it's truly the secret weapon to your sales it truly is. Uh, and when we're talking about restaurants, always having uh, a meal that you have is like, okay, I know I can go for the steak and mix vegetables because for the most part, like if we're thinking about restaurant food, so my average, average client that I work with, their average calories are between 1400 and 1600. That's generally where they fall. The average restaurant meal is 1200 calories. So if people are wondering like, well, I keep going out and I don't know why I'm not losing weight or I should say body fat percentage is like, well, this, this is what we're eating. The sneaky calories that they put in there that takes that steak itself tastes so good. Cause there is some good butter in that. So I was like being aware of, okay, if I am going to be going out, here's my game plan. Same thing with the fast food because you don't always have control for myself. I don't always have control of what I'm eating as I'm traveling here. Um, so I'm always sticking to, okay, let's go to, let's to Chipotle with their bowl and let's go heavy on to the protein. They've got their complex carbs, which is good and some vegetables, or let's say Chick-fil-A where we're focusing on just more of the protein bites, the, you know, the grilled nuggets that mm -hmm. they have, like simple things like that. Yes, it is fast food. I totally agree. But it's like, what is the best option that I have available to myself and having that game plan? Yeah, I'm, um, I, I tell you the, 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 where I can, I think for me, it's the lean protein and veggies. Absolutely. And even in fast food, you can get a salad with the, the chicken breast and the veggies. It's, it's ditching so many of the carbs, but yeah. But I got to tell you, when I started this journey that I'm on right now, and I'll be on this for a while, I, I thought I was going to starve to death for a while. I mean, I literally was, I was so miserable and I'm not in that situation like I was before, but mm -hmm. I felt like I was almost addicted to this junk that I was eating. And when I say junk, you know, you wouldn't look at my lifestyle and say, the guy, I'm, not, I'm not like eating Twinkies. Yeah but a lot of bread and a lot of 
more processed foods. Uh, but I, I struggle with that. How do you like, how do you help a client who wants to drop weight mm-hmm. and like, and I'm in a place now where like none of my clothes even fit me. Like it's really, I've ha- I'm having to go back and get things retailored and I've still got another 10 pounds to go, but, but how do you help people that are freaking starving? Like, I'm not kidding you. At one point, Josh, I'm, I'm like going to call my doctor and I, w- I don't want to go take any drugs. Like I don't want to end up on $1,500 a month Ozimbic. Mm-hmm. But I was that miserable mm-hmm. that I thought I'm going to have to call and get some help or I'm not going to be able to make it because I'm going to kill the next person that comes into my site because I'm so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So there's, there's a few things here. The first thing is I never cut anything from my client's diet. So it's like, you can't have this. Um, cause we're, I'm thinking about from my mindset is like, I want to replace that. So that's the, that's the first thing is, okay, what do we need to replace it with? But that doesn't change with the hunger. And I understand what you're saying. So what I always am recommending is I'm always recommending more high fiber. We're talking about more complex carbs. Things are actually going to fill you up because it takes space into your stomach. Because if your stomach, let's say we have those simple carbs, well, we digest that extremely quickly and there's space in that stomach. The stomach's saying, hey, I'm empty. I, I need more food. So if we start eating stuff that is, takes a little bit longer to break down, that allows to alleviate some of that hunger. That's number one. If we're talking about for people who are listening to this and they're really hungry in the morning time, if you have your coffee in the morning time, coffee like black coffee is a great way for an appetite suppressant as well. Now, again, remember, don't have that affect your sleep later on. So that's why I'm recommending in the morning time. But those are a few examples of things I recommend for my clients when I'm working with them. Because that's a real thing. That's the thing for me has been salads. And I, like I started yeah. this journey. I, I didn't really like salads. I mean, it doesn't, it, was, it wouldn't, it wouldn't something that filled me up or felt satiating, I guess, probably the best way of saying that. And what I've, What's what it's really become for me is if I have a big old pile of lettuce and I throw some meat on, on, you know, take a, the, like we had steak last night, I only ate half my steak. That steak is going to end up on a salad probably next week, Mm -hmm. but I'll slice it up and put on the salad. If I do that, then I feel full and I feel okay. But over time, I'm not in the same place that I was before. So I'm, I'm, I'm really actually curious about this because whereas if you talk to me in July, I thought I'm going to eat my arm off because I'm so hungry eating exactly the same thing I'm eating now. And now I'm much less likely to go like, I'm not starving right now. I ate a small salad. You saw what I ate for lunch. It was a small salad one big and it just has some balsamic vinegar and, and olive oil and three shrimp. I mean, you know, but I feel fine. I'll be good. I'll be good going into dinner. In my past, I wasn't like that. Why is that? Like why has my body adjusted somehow to the, to the, to the, the, the lower calories and lower number of calories are adjusted to the food I'm eating. What's, what's happening? Great question. Um, your body, it loves homeostasis. There's a reason why our temperature rarely fluctuates. If you think about where our temperature is and it's the same thing with, um, our body fat percentage, right? So when we're talking about losing weight, we're really talking about reducing that body fat percentage. So the body wants to stay exactly where it is. That's, that's its comfort zone. So when you start having a decrease in say a deficiency, not deficiency, but a decrease in, in calories, what you're doing there is you're causing the body to come out of homeostasis. So it's going to do everything it can. It's going to freak out, call you names, you know, from the stomach and say, Hey, I need food because there's something wrong here because my homeostasis is being affected. And then over a course of time, your new you know, body weight or body fat percentage that you've set yourself at becomes your new homeostasis. So that's really what's occurring there is the body realizes, okay, this is the new normal. It just takes some time to get catch up to that. 
So when, when, when people are on say a weight loss journey, that, that's where yeah. most of us begin, right? We're, we were, you know, go look in the mirror and you go, this, I'm not the person that I used to be. But when we, we get on that journey and let's say that we're, we're cruising along and I'm kind of in, I'm, a, I'm like the guinea pig here, but I'm a test study of this. I've, I've, I've gone down about 25 pounds. Uh, and right now I'm hovering in the 180 range. So 180 to 182, and I weigh myself every single day. And I thought I'd be in the 170s. My my target weight's 170, but I thought I'd be in the 170s a lot, lot a lot earlier. What's your best advice when you're working with a client who has a goal like that and they're doing well? Like I'm I'm you know I'm I feel fantastic. I look better than I have in months, but I really want to hit my goal of 170. How do you break through that plateau? And how, you're you're a personal trainer, so how do you work with your your clients to with while staying healthy and not not breaking the pattern that they've, that they've built for themselves. It's a healthy pattern. Yeah. What's the, what's the secret there? Or yeah. is there a secret? I'm, well, I'm going to, I'm going to treat you just like any, any client. So I'm just going to pretend you're my client right now. But the first thing I would love to do is saying, Hey, let's, let's look at your goal. And it's like, okay, it's really not the, the weight loss we're looking for is that body fat reduction. So it's like, okay, what areas do we want to see that body fat happen? Cause a lot of people, when I work with them, especially in probably your, what month would you say you're in for your, your body fat reduction journey? Um, it's been, I started at the end of May. End so of May. what is that? Uh, June, July, August, September, October, November, six, yeah, six, six, months. six, yeah. six, seven months. Perfect. So generally after the six month mark and you're, you've been doing absolutely fantastic. I, I'm really inspired by what you're doing because I know how busy you are, especially now that I've seen it behind the scenes. That's amazing. So you, you've lost that body fat for that six months. What t- typically happens is now the, the scale is plateauing, just, just the scale you're stepping on. The thing is, is so I need to get a new scale because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it's, can get one in program. It, so it works for me. It's more of like, you're going to be building lean muscle mass at the same time. Cause you're walking a lot more. There is going to be a lot more development with lean muscle mass that's occurring. And that actually weighs uh, some yes. amount, right? So what's going to be, I'm going to be saying is occurring. And this is where I'd encourage you continue doing your daily weigh-ins. That's fantastic. But I also want you to start doing your measurements on a weekly basis. So for us, anyways, as guys, we tend to typically hold our body fat around the love handles in the stomach. If you just do one measurement and I recommend the guys do this, if they want to do the measurements is around the love handles to the, the belly button, do that twice just mm-hmm. to make sure those numbers are, are similar. So we're not, we just know it's consistent. Um, and then you actually will start seeing that your weight will stay the same weirdly enough, but those measurements start going down. That is actually happening. Yeah. So I'm on the very last now, butthole in my belt. Yeah. Uh, and when I put my belt on this morning, I'm like, okay, that's not enough. And I cinched it up a little bit further and, and it's, and it's comfortable for me. So I have, yeah. I've lost um, three inches in my waist. Exactly. exactly. So that's really what I would be highlighting for yourself and saying, hey, you still are amazing, doing amazing uh, progress. It's just coming from, okay, my body fat reduction. That's, what's, that's what I'm looking for. So I would say that I'd also say is like, if you're going to be making a particular, like that's your objective, your particular goals from my understanding anyways, is, is reducing that. So it's a matter of like, okay, where would you like to see the best way of doing it, your pant size. So if someone says, Hey, I would love to get my pant size down to a particular one. That's a really good goal. Cause it is measurable and you might be at that pant size, but your weight, your, your weight that is on the scale might be a little bit higher because you actually gain lean muscle mass. So that's really well, what I try like. not to beef up too much <laughs> until I get to my, until I get to my body weight goal. Yeah. And then like, I'm, then I'm going to go all in and beef up. Uh, but I, I do get that. Like I understand yeah. like there's that balance between lean body weight I think one of the things that I was most focused on is visceral fat. Like, so mm-hmm. one of the problems happens when you're eating 
junk and uh, a lot of uh, carbs is you get um, you you start building fat in between your your yep. internal organs and yep. and that can get that's really bad for people my age. That's mm-hmm. how you end up with heart disease and diabetes and those type of things. So my number one goal was to reduce that. Uh, and the, probably the biggest, the biggest evidence of that is just the belly, you know, just it's still there a little bit, but it's kind of, you know, gone away. But, but I think you, I think you do when you're on a goal, sometimes you hit a plateau and it starts to become a little bit like, you know, I have to like play a mental game with myself. Cause it was cool. And when you see the weight drop in every single week, and then I've hit this plateau over the last three or four weeks, it's just, I haven't moved anything to keep reminding myself to stay the course. Don't, don't allow this to get off, but, but weighing myself every day has probably been like the game changer because the way that I end up getting overweight is I quit mm-hmm. and then I go eat something or bad or like you, like you were having some contest at Thanksgiving dinner to see how much you could possibly eat, which yeah. is, uh, you know, crazy. But if I, like, if I eat the lunch you ate the other day ago with that triple cheeseburger you were eating, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have to eat for another week, Yeah, but the but I would do that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get on the scale. I don't want to, I don't want to see yeah. the damage. Yeah. And all you got to do is just do that a little bit, you know, over a day or three or four or five, six days, you do that enough. And then you don't look at the thing for six months yeah. and then you go step on it and you go, Oh, MG, like, how did I do that to myself? Yeah. And that's where, when I'm talking to sales professionals, I generally say, remember, we're playing an infinite game. This mm-hmm. game doesn't end. So if I'm going to be hitting my goal, whatever, or objective that I'm setting for myself, it's like, okay, cool, but I'm just going to con- continue on. We actually, uh, at online exercise coaching, what we do is like, okay, we're going to write out the objective. So I would define your, your weight number. And you said it was 172? 170. 170. So your 170 would be your objective. What I set my goals as now is, okay, if I want to get to that 170. What are the daily habits that I need to be doing on a daily basis? And those are my goals. So I want to be as consistent with my goals every single day and why I find that's so helpful. And we're going to include the weight of the way in on a daily basis, guys. That's amazing that he does that. Um, what I would be doing is I'd be celebrating every single day that I hit those habits. Cause no matter what I do, it's as long as I don't quit, I haven't mm. lost. Cause this is an infinite game that just doesn't end. Once you get to one seventy two, I know you're going to be for yourself because a go getter that you are, you're going to be setting that next objective. It's like, okay, I've got to one seventy. What am I doing next? Yeah. As long as I don't quit, I haven't lost. Yeah. I think yeah. that the the reason 170 is because that's what the Mayo Clinic said. I should, I should work my age and height. Uh, well, let's, let's, when we think about infinite objective, it really brings me to, we have people who listen to this podcast that are in their twenties and we have people who are in their fifties Yeah, and let's go to the twenties Yeah, because when you're in your, and I'm in my fifties, so it's a, I, we keep, t- I keep saying this is my wife said this to you last night at dinner. Like, it's a whole different ball game. Sure. When you start wake, wake up in the morning and like crap hurts and you're like, I didn't sure. even do anything to it. How does this hurt? Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you're in your twenties yeah. and you're, you're playing the infinite game and mm-hmm. when you're in your twenties, you said this, you, you even said I'm, I'm indestructible. I'm indestructible <laughs> right now. Currently <laughs> you feel indestructible, <laughs> but what are, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people in their twenties make? Uh, that impacts them long term sure. on the infinite game. They get fit for the girls, buddy. That's well, that's okay. <laughs> which and the, is, well, the, and the, <laughs> the, maybe the girls get fit for the guys, right? Which is which is totally fine. And the, you know what that that is the that is amazing. That if you want to be attracting that special someone, absolutely, definitely be fit. That's definitely one of the motivators for myself. I want to make sure that their girlfriends still look at me in a particular way. Absolutely. The thing is, is once they get that girl, they I don't see them anymore. I don't know where they went because I'm I'm living in the gym, right? 
So I find that was a mistake that I've seen with a lot of the young guys that I've worked with before. I would be saying, hey, do this so you're the best version of yourself. And guess what? The side part of that is you're going to be attracting that best person that you want to be attracting. Um, that, that's the, the big thing there. Uh, and then number two is because you're so indestructible right now at 20, like they're, they're very indestructible compared to myself. You can get ahead. Like this is where you, you touch weight, you start, your muscles start developing because the amount of testosterone that is in your bloodstream right now is incredible. So utilize that time. And think of this, and when you're doing your workouts, is as your secret weapon. The person who is most active or that pays attention most with their nutrition, with their exercise, and with their sleep is truly unstoppable, especially with the energy of a 20-year-old. When we're talking about sales, you're getting into that. Plus, you are also getting into the disciplinary mindset of, hey, this sucks. This is hard. So is sales. And so if I go into the gym, I push as hard as I can. I'm just practicing for that sales call where I just to grind. So that's where I'm like, this is the perfect place for you to be right now. And I'm always excited when I see the young guys just pushing it. Well, I was, when I, if I think about twenties and thirties from my own perspective, when I was in my twenties, I was in good shape and I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted to. And, and I carried my lunch with me every day as a sales rep, just because I wanted to maximize my time in the field. So typically I was eating something relatively healthy, rarely ate uh, fast food. The problem was, is what you said. It was this, this, this ability to believe that I was indestructible and this, this delusion to believe that it would always be this way. Mm. And then I hit my thirties and we had a kid. And I remember like my wife will tell you, I never lost my pregnancy weight. And I, you know, so I'm, you know, I don't know, 30 or whatever, when, you know, when Jeb Jr. was born and I gained a bunch of weight while my wife was pregnant, she lost it. I never did. Mm. And and then during my thirties, I mean, I was working out, I, I, I had a corporate job, so I had a lot more time on my hands, but I would go work out really, really, really hard. And then I'd like, I'd go eat a bunch of chicken wings and eat and drink a bunch of beer. So yeah. it wasn't like the, my, my nutrition and my, my eating lifestyle didn't match my workout lifestyle. And when I say gain weight, I was, you know, I was, a, I was in, you know, the, I was probably probably 160 when I was in my thirties. I didn't translate the lifestyle change and transition from my twenties to my thirties when I started getting life responsibility and I started getting promoted and I started having a lot more things in my life that would keep me from taking care of myself. But, but I was, I was eating like, and, and by the way, in my fifties, how I got so overweight, I was always eating in my fifties, like I was in my thirties <laughs> without the exercise to go with it. So I think that's one of the, the, the biggest issues, but you move into your thirties. Now you've got more responsibility, family. Uh, this is when people start buying houses, having kids, that type of thing. What's the biggest mistake that people make during their thirties that impact them on the infinite game? I say with 30, like you're going to be having a lot more responsibility for sure. So I'm not going to be um, saying it's like, Oh, you know, you can work out as long as you did when you had kids. I think the priorities definitely change, but what I would say is you just got to be smarter about smarter about it. I don't know if the word is more educated about it, but when I work with individuals who are tackling, okay, man, I've, I've got kids and I've got a full-time job and I've got these responsibilities I'm going on. It's like, I just know how I'm going to do it all. It's just a matter of, okay, we need to break down. What is that 20% that's going to get a percent um, result? Like, okay, sure. You won't have the, the dream physique from the magazine because we don't have the time to do that, but that's okay. If we're just talking about being healthy, like I, I have, um, well, my best bud, Mike, I'll use him as an example. 
So he's a nurse uh, from Canada. He actually drives all the way to the States, works 15 hour nights, and then drives back. That's eight hours back to be you know, full-time dad to two beautiful daughters. And he's just, he's got responsibilities. So when we looked at his schedule, it was almost as tight as yours. Yours is the tightest that I've ever seen, but he's, he's a close second. So I was having a conversation with him and he was like, Hey, it's time. I need to lose weight because if not, I'm not going to see my grandkids. Like this is, this is important to me now. So when we looked at his schedule, it was like, okay, cool. Uh, when you're, when you're eating, we're just going to be tracking some of your nutrition, even if it's just taking pictures, whatever it may be, but he's tracking his nutrition because he knows the, the calories he's aiming for. Right. And then he's going to be making sure he's gets enough steps. Well, he might not be able to leave the, the hospital to work out, but he still can get those steps in. So he has now a, like a wearable, a fitness watch. And so he just makes sure he's doing enough steps just like you do at the airport. Uh, and then finally, if he does have the time before he goes to bed, we work on range of motion because as we age, range of motion is really important. Young guys, range of motion is equally important. If you want to grow lean muscle mass, you need that full range of muscle. So you still need to be stretching too. Uh, <laughs> but with him, he was able to within three months, lose that 40 pounds. And he's looking absolutely fantastic, but he only had that five minutes to work on. So it's really just a matter of like, Hey, this is the time I've got. I, I realize I'm at 110%. I appreciate that. What are the few things that I can do? And there's, that's it. So would it be fair to say that in our thirties, probably the biggest mistake we make is we don't get intentional about making health part of our lifestyle. Like life just sort of happens to us. Mm. And then suddenly we're overwhelmed with all this responsibility, but we never built the habit in because in our twenties, it was show up to the gym when you want to look good. And then, um, and then you would, uh, you would, you know, look good and then disappear. And in your thirties, life happens to you. And now you're trying to figure out how to work all this together and you don't make it intentional. And like you said, take those little moments. And then, of course, you know, what happens to men in particular is you get to about 39 and suddenly you realize you're about to cross over into middle age and then you're in the gym pounding things out and you end up getting injured because yep. you're like you're yep. trying to lift everything so yep. you can be your midlife crisis basically yep. happens. Yeah. 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 That That's exactly it. And that's that's where I'm saying it's really important to focus on your health and it's also important to understand that if you want to be that super dad per se or if you want to be going to the next level within the business, really important for you to be focusing on your health. What happened to me in my forties bled over into my fifties. And that is that I entered the, I started a business and uh, a lot of people in their forties, they get promoted to big jobs and big companies. They are, uh, especially if you're in sales, if you move into the next level of sales and you go like into national accounts or enterprise accounts, like things get uh, a little less complicated because kids start graduating, they go to college, you have other, other complications that come in. But what I find is that uh, what I did, and, and I, I hear this a lot is because I didn't build health into my schedule, I traded health for wealth. Like I, mm-hmm. I, in my prime earning years, like you hit your peak in your mid fifties, I focused on earning and writing books and being successful. Like so many people focus on their getting promoted and, uh, and, you know, building out their career, the forties and fifties are good for that. But if you didn't build that foundation in your thirties, what did you do? If you're me, you go, I don't have time for it. I, I quit going to the gym. I, for, for, I mean, I would here and there walk and I would try to exercise, but it was never a routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find yourself at that point in your life, and I know you work with a number of people who in their, in their mid forties to mid fifties, uh, what can you do to 
and, I, and this is, I'm just saying this is honestly, it's yeah. a mindset issue. I worked at a pace that most people don't, yeah. but I just didn't schedule the time. Yeah. How do you get yourself into a routine so that you can still accomplish those important goals? And if I look back, I'm like, I'm, it was, I'm totally worth the trade for me. Cause yeah. I, yeah. I feel like we've accomplished so much, yeah. but I sure wish that I hadn't gotten myself backed into a place where suddenly I've lost 10 years of, of, of fitness. And now I've got to try to figure it out. Right. Right. Um, there's a few things here. Like if we're talking about, Hey, what's, what would be the, the one recommendation I say, start scheduling your, yourself as a client because we're mentally triggered to, okay, I would never be late for a client. I'm never going to miss a client. And then I would just schedule that as your, your health time. So even though I was, if that's 30 minutes, wherever that may be, that's, that's, that's a very small recommendation. Um, the one thing what I'm working with and the reason why 40, 40 or 50 year old um, hire me is because they've got more money than time right now. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the time to okay, go on YouTube. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing for my exercise? I'm supposed to be doing this kind of range of motion. Okay. What was nutrition look like? How's my sleep supposed to be looking like? What's my mind supposed to set supposed to be? Um, it, there's a lot of time that's required for that. So what I always, always recommend is, okay, now you can actually outsource this, get that information somewhere. And so a prime example would actually be the sales gravy or a professional service, like online exercise coaching, whichever the two. And that's why I'm so glad that I can connect with you because if they're saying, okay, I just don't have time. What am I supposed to be doing by them going to sales gravy university? They're able to get that information is like, okay, these are the steps I need to do. Because one thing is the course comes with a workout program that they can follow. Yeah. yeah. So you, cause you, you're breaking down all the parts and pieces of this for everybody, exactly. no matter what age you are. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about your app and the work that you do with people, but I do, I do agree with you. I think it's a, if, you know, if, if I had the resources here locally, I would have a person who would cook for me yeah. and I would have a person who would come in and work me out like that. Yeah. We we're talking about, you know, Peloton, but I use Peloton because there's someone there that I, at least, even though it was a recording, I feel somewhat, you know, I'm, yeah. I feel like somewhat like I'm, I'm accountable to them. And that's where we're building more content like yours into sales gravy university, because we recognize that there is a direct link between how you feel and your well being and how well you perform in sales, because mm-hmm. sales is a skill position. You are an elite athlete in the business world. So, uh, so I, I agree. I think that the, the realization you, you get to, as you get into your late fifties and all of my friends who are in this, sp- in this space are there. Is it sort of like what you had, you hit it in your late thirties and your late thirties, you think I'm about to get over the hill. I better get myself in shape. You get in your late fifties, you start thinking I got 30, 40 more years on this, on this planet, Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, how long I get, but I want to make that time the best I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So now you stop and go, how do I, you know, how do I get this better? I love what you said, outsourcing it, because that to me is, uh, is the real key. It's why people Mm -hmm. hire People, my, my coaches at sales gravy to be their coach, because you have someone who's there with you, helping you through those processes. And, uh, I, I think it's powerful and you've built an entire system on sales gravy university. Uh, before we take off, um, yeah. tell us a little bit about your app and, and if people wanted to, to, to hire you and I can, I can tell you, I'm looking at the audience now, but I, I I've spent, I spent enough time with you to know that if you did not live in Toronto and you lived here, <laughs> that I would make you come to this office every single day and make me do squats in the, um, in, in the conference room. But, uh, but how do people, how do people interact with you if they want more from you? Yeah, absolutely. The, the very best place where I am the most 
is uh, LinkedIn. So Joshua Holsabas, I know I apologize for that long last name, but Joshua Holsabas on LinkedIn is the best way of communicating with me personally. Um, if you're looking at more information on our website stuff, that's going to be www.onlineexercisecoaching.com. Uh, and that's where you're going to be finding all the information for sales representatives. And, and, and Josh, um, you just, you specialize in helping sales reps yes. stay in shape no matter what age you are. Yep. So, and I think you've got, you've got multiple packages depending on what your lifestyle is. So yes. it's not like, you know, when you think about you got, you got more money than time you can, you can invest in, but that's a little bit of a different investment, but there's yep. a, a way for someone to come in. I would encourage you um, to go uh, talk to Josh, have a conversation. You've got uh, multiple trainers that work with you. And, uh, and the, the key here is you're an elite athlete. Make sure that you are at the top of your game, Absolutely, um, both from a physical standpoint and from a mental standpoint. And you're exactly right. Your mental capacity is always going to be limited by your physical capacity yeah. and you've got to build that in. And folks, um, if you want to go check out Josh's work on Salesgrave University and the other courses that we have, go to learn.salesgrave.com. That's learn.salesgrave.com. Use the code free course. And I mean this when I say it. Sales Gravy University is the most powerful sales training engine on earth. Whether you're an individual or you have an entire team or you want to put our content on your LMS, go check it out. Use free course at learn.salesgravy.com. Learn.salesgravy.com. We'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast. 